0: So, what happens when we root our lives in praise? We are filled with the Holy Spirit and seek discomfort and we step into the awkward. His kingdom come and his will be done. Um, If you have a Bible, turn with me to Acts 3. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he's put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gates called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? This story is one of many stories that take place when people filled with the Holy Spirit get awkward and uncomfortable and release the kingdom, which is the movement of God on our streets, the things of heaven. It's healing, freedom, and lives restored. It's through these encounters that we see lives transformed, and through that, we see our city's love back to life. I love this verse because this man was looking to survive, but God wanted him to thrive. God used Peter and John to breathe life back into this man. Um, It highlights the natural nature of God, which is healing our brokenness and restoring life and hope. This man's brokenness was not his disability. It was his incapacity to dream. God has dreams that are wilder than our imagination. I believe that those dreams are for our cities, our campuses, our homes, our workplaces, schools, hospitals, supermarkets, and coffee shops. He wants to release life and healing to the broken, and he wants to restore hope. Peter says, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Peter has more to offer than silver and gold. We have more to offer than silver and gold. Often with modern mission, it looks like giving people something, often food. And this is great, as it begins conversation, it shows that we care for our city and our campuses, but we have so much more to offer. God wants to use us to bring healing to the brokenness that is all around us. He wants to breathe life back into our city. He wants to breathe life back into these walls. This verse all takes place outside the temple, outside the church. The movement of God on the streets was nothing new. We see it time and time again in the gospel and in Acts. In fact, predominantly, the move of God was only happening on the streets. Right now, I feel that that is major importance because God wants to move us beyond the church and onto the streets. He wants to restore life to his people and to this city, and he wants us to do that with him. How incredible would it be to see this city and our campuses radically changed by the love of God? How incredible would it be to see the movement of God on our streets and respond with, why are you surprised? Yet this is life with Christ. Our Father is in the business of healing broken people and broken cities, and it's a business that's passed down the family. You may feel unqualified, but he makes you qualified. You may feel awkward and uncomfortable, but that's how every story of the movement of God starts. Um, every story in the Bible probably began with a wee bit of awkwardness. I recently read a book by Alan Scott recounting his time as pastor at Causeway Coast Vineyard. Um, Causeway Coast Vineyard is based in Korean, a really small town at the top north coast of Northern Ireland. That book is filled with crazy stories and radical encounters with the father every single one of them started with an awkward moment. One of my favorite stories starts seriously awkwardly. The church had been looking at mental health issues within their own teens in the wider community. They'd seen recovery begin, but physical scarring from self-harm remained. So one of the youth workers felt inspired to pray for self-harm scars to go. She had never heard of it happening, had no evidence anything would happen. So she asked one of the girls if she could pray for it. They pray and at first nothing really happens. It fades a bit it's awkward. Like, that's really awkward. But then they pray another four times, the scars go. This girl is then in a coffee shop, and she bumps into this woman. It's a summer's day, and the woman has long sleeves on. Now, in Northern Ireland, when it hits about 12 degrees, the taps are off, and the paddling poles are out. So wearing long sleeves on a summer's day, like, that's an alarm bells ringing. So, so she walks over, and she says... Do you have self-harm scars? Now, I'm kind of hoping there was more of a build-up to this conversation <laughs> rather than just, do you have self-harm scars? But, alas, that's where the conversation headed. Um, she asks to take a before pic. Um, the woman says, yeah. So she prays, and the scars go. These pictures end up in a church in Dublin. The preacher talks about it. A young girl who had been cutting her stomach goes home to find the scars gone without even any prayer. The story is then told in Korean by Alan. And he's supposed to be speaking in a church in New Zealand two weeks later. So the clip of him speaking is then shown in this church in New Zealand. The guy in the congregation in the church in New Zealand had scars from addiction to heroin. As he's sitting in the service listening to this, the scars go. Alan's out at a conference, and he wants to see how far he can push this, to see how far God's going to let this go. Um, He prays, and a woman with scarring from a hysterectomy sees all scarring go. He then tells these stories at a leaders' conference. A woman is there who feels that she shouldn't be as her daughter was at home in the grip of depression. But she hears these stories. Tex is her daughter. Her daughter had scarring on her leg and with it the word worthless, which she had etched in. Alan puts it beautifully. The word worthless, which she had etched on her leg, had been swallowed up by wholeness. Our father is in the business of restoring hope but it takes getting awkward. So let's get past ourselves and let's let God move. To finish with a quote from that book, the church spent so long praying for revival that we have missed what God is doing in the world. Or in layman's terms, I once had a conversation with my granny and I said, such a God moment. And Granny Rona in all her infamous wisdom goes, Megan, every moment's a God moment. And she's not wrong. Every moment is a God moment. So we need to stop waiting for the God moments and we need to start moving in the God moments. Or dare I say, God movement. God is doing crazy things and he's calling out for us to join him. Will you? For me, this has been the biggest challenge that has come out of this book. I wish at this point, I was able to tell you a personal story of getting awkward and seeing the miraculous in my life. I can't, but I wanna have those stories. I wanna have stories like my friend Ryan who prayed for his manager when she disclosed that she'd had a miscarriage and was struggling to get pregnant again. A few months after this happened, she told him she was pregnant over the 12 weeks and she got pregnant the week he prayed. Ryan's 21 and works in Costa. He's so many of us here. I wanna step out into the awkward and uncomfortable and see God move. I want this community to be a hub of excitement for what we are witnessing God doing. In Acts 3, we saw God use the power of healing to bring restoration of this man's dreams. We saw God use healing to draw him into community with Jesus. I believe this is what's coming. These encounters and supernatural moments are a tool to draw people into union with Jesus. We see it throughout Acts. The movement of the people of God on the streets to focus on their city allowed for the expansion of their churches, for the expansion of the kingdom. So let's get awkward and uncomfortable and be the kingdom carriers He created us to be. Let's love this city back to life. Will you all stand with me? Um, I want to welcome the awkwardness, so we're going to get a little bit awkward. Um, Let's release each other to embrace the awkward moments. Fear of awkwardness has held back the church for too long, but let's not allow it to hold us back anymore. So this week, I want to challenge all of us to have an awkward encounter and step out of our comfort zone. For some of us that maybe are just exploring faith, that will look like asking a friend more about Jesus. For those of us, some of us that will look like telling someone about Jesus. For others, it will look like praying for a colleague and for others, it will look like praying for a stranger. Let's get awkward and release the kingdom. So as we welcome awkwardness, let's say this prayer over ourselves and each other. Um, Say it with me. Father, I pledge this week to have an awkward encounter in your name, to step out in faith, I refuse to let fear of awkwardness hold back your kingdom any longer.